there's always an appointed headship. There's always an appointed leader. There's always an appointed person to disciple. All through God's Word. You'll see it all through God's Word. And I have failed in areas because I did not step outside of my assumption and come to and speak about and say, I get it, I've been there, I understand it, I know it. I'm trying to keep you from having to go through it. Please hear the word of the Lord. And too many times we assume things in our life. We assume, Keelan, we assume everything's going to be okay. Sometimes it's not. Charlie, we assume that tomorrow is just going to be as bright as it is today. Sometimes it's not. We, we have to, as Christian people, we have to, be, we have to be full of faith, full of hope, full of understanding. We have to be, we, we have to be constantly discerning. We're, we're to test every spirit by the Spirit. We can't just continue to walk this life any old way we want to and expect that this life will turn out exactly how we planned it. I'm a couple days over the 50, and I've realized that my plans... See, I am, I am just like God. I was created in God's nature and His image. I'm just like God because my plans weren't His. <laughs> His plans were not my plans. His thoughts are not my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. And, I, and we all have to come to that understanding. It's good to have goals, but can I tell you, don't allow your goals to put boundaries and build walls around what God has for you. Because he'll take you places you've not been before. How many of you are how many of you are nervous about going somewhere you've not been that you've not been before? That you've never gone before? Everybody else pretty cool? You're okay? I need you to preach this thing. Because if I've never been there before, I have a little anxiousness about me not really knowing what to expect. But Elijah has just had conversation with, with God on the mountain at the cave. Y'all remember he had run from, see here again, I do not want to assume, so let me walk you through this real quick. Elijah had just been threatened by Jezebel after he had went and killed 450 prophets by the sword. This is a bad dude. He had called fire from heaven. He had went through all of this and a woman had wrote a note. Words are powerful because those words that was written caused him to see what she was saying. Her words painted a picture. 
and he had stepped out looking for God because God had called him out of the cave, more or less, why, why are you sitting in here? Can I, can I ask some of you this morning, why, why are you sitting inside of a cave? Why are you sitting here feeling sorry for yourself? Why are you in fear in the corner of a place that I didn't create for you? Sometimes it's good to be alone with God, but never by yourself. But God had come to him and said, I need you to come outside, step outside and listen to me. And all of these things took place outside that cave. The fire, the wind, the earthquakes, all of these things took place. See, for me, I probably wouldn't have needed to hear his voice. I'd have seen the fire and felt the wind and heard the earth, and I'd have just ran. I'd have just went ahead and just run, hoping to God he'd lead me, lead me where I needed to go. But he stood because he was listening for the word. And God began to speak to him, and God told him, look, you're not the only one, Elijah. See, you aren't the only one, Hannah, that faces adversity in life. I'm going to talk to the, to the young this morning. You're not the only one that faces anxiety. You're not the only one that faces life and depression. You're, you're not the only one. There are others out there that have faced exactly what you have been facing and exactly what you are facing right now at this very moment. But the thing about it is God has kept them. God has sheltered them. Just because you don't see them does not mean they do not exist. God is protecting them just as he will protect you. And Elijah, Elijah was ready to give up. I've been there. I've done this. I've done everything for you. I've prayed. I've called fire down. I've killed people. I've done it all for you. And I'm tired. I'm just done. And God said, this is what I want you to do. Get on your way because you're about to anoint some people. And there's one in particular that you will anoint. To be your successor. Go find him. His name's Elisha. So he departed from there. And he found Elisha the son of Shaphath. You have to understand. Shaphath was a very rich man in the Bible. And Elisha. How many of you know if, you're, if your daddy's. <laughs> If your daddy's boy or daddy's girl, whatever daddy has, you have, right? You're not known as the boss's son or the boss's daughter. You're, you're known as the one that will be taking the reins. So everybody probably try to butter up to you so that you like them. So when that mom and dad passes on, that maybe they can get a promotion too. This is where Elisha was. Elisha was in the field. Unlike some of the spoiled ones, he was actually working. The son of Shaphath, who was plowing.
some of the hard ground that you're experiencing right now in life ain't because of the devil. It's because you just haven't plowed it. Can I ask you, how many of you have turned over the dirt in your life? How many of you are cultivating that which hinders you? You're, 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 you're breaking, breaking up the clots. You're tilling the ground. You're preparing it for what God's about to drop on you. We want to blame Satan for everything. When we shouldn't be blaming Satan for nothing. Because we're more than conquerors. If God said that it was completed. Why do we think any different? I guarantee you if you would mind you for a little while. Half of what you struggle with would go away. But we won't plow. Because, because why? What happens when we're plowing? Can you imagine the view of Elisha's life Monday through Saturday? Can you imagine the view? He's plowing. Let me help you. Do you think his environment was portraying the success of his family by what he saw? The back end, don't, he got the pleasantries. <laughs> Isn't it just like our life? Oh, we're going along and we're working and we're plowing. We're, we're, we're hunting. It just doesn't look right. And a lot of us give up. That's why scripture talks in Matthew that a man that puts his hand to the plow and turns away is not fit for the kingdom. See, too many times we get behind the plow and we give up in the work. Because the work is not being evident of what the promise was spoken. We're not seeing what God promised. Surely God's not promising the back end of an ox. I'm sure his tail come up a couple, two or three times on the way down the field. He got a little bath and body works. Huh? But he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. Man, it would have been great to just have two. He was fortunate to have 12. Here he is in all the richness of his family. Everything going smooth. No worries. Then, boy, isn't that like God? It says, then Elijah passed. He passed by him and threw his mantle. Have you ever asked yourself why your life just took a U-turn? This wasn't where I was heading. You was on your way to Kroger and you seen Chick-fil-A and your life just took a left turn. 
In my case, it took a right turn. But I didn't want to use right turn because you think it would be the right turn. It's not the right turn all the time. But Elisha's just doing his deed. Elisha was working towards his inheritance. See, your inheritance isn't always what you think it's going to be. It's not as you would perceive it to be. He had this thing in a bag. This was a done deal. A foreman getting ready to move up to CEO. And then this old ratty man. Y'all do know that Elijah was like an old redneck. Now, Elisha was more refined. He lived in the city. Elijah lived in the country. <laughs> Boy, isn't that amazing? Because Elisha would have nice homes waiting for him as he traveled. They would put him up in the walls, remember? He would keep his house where he was. And this old redneck, Come here, Elisha. <laughs> Don't you plow behind your ox? And I, I'm not your ox, so you <laughs> get your stuff. The Bible says that Elijah came upon him and he was plowing, he was about his work. See, we're too many, too many times as Christian people. And people with calling, keep on going. You're plowing, baby. See, it ain't always as quick as you think it's going to be. Sometimes it's mundane. Sometimes it's repetitious. God is looking for the obedient. He's not looking for the ones that say, yeah, here I am, Lord, send me. But can you do it on Monday? He's looking for the ones that have their hands to the plow. Let me get out his row. And they are continuously doing the work. Don't you know that Elisha didn't have an audience? Don't you know there wasn't 15 or 20 people sitting in cushion chairs? Don't you know there wasn't thousands of people that was rooting him on and amening him down? Elisha was in his field working. Elisha was plowing the very things in his life that needed to be plowed up without anybody behind him rooting him on. But he continued to do And the Bible says that when he noticed, you got to keep straight rows too. David don't like crooked corn. I got to make sure I'm keeping you. I've, please, I, I don't want you to hear a sermon this morning. I want you to hear God. Because somebody in here needs it. It may not be you, and that's fine. Don't go to sleep on me. Stay awake and listen, because this might be the very word you need in three months.
And the Bible says that tired yet? Why are you stopping? Ox don't quit. I got to wait for him to get a little bit tired because he'll slow down a little bit because I'm not running fast. Fat boy don't run. You slow down. Don't be getting no ox. And the Bible says that Elijah went by and Elijah threw his mantle and he passed by. Some of you have been walking through life. God's already made the decision. God already passed by while you had your hands working. God's already made the decision. But Elisha didn't. Elisha hadn't made the decision yet. Let's read on just for a minute. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. Sometimes it takes longer because many of us don't want to be inconvenienced because it's uncomfortable. Oh, Dawn. Because we're not sure. But see, God's already made His decision. But you haven't, boy, y'all nervous, man, y'all so tight. I feel how tight it is. But it's okay. I like it when it gets like that. But Elisha passes. And it took Elisha to make a decision. To leave what it was that he was doing. He goes to Elijah. I'll just paraphrase. Y'all can read. Elisha comes after Elijah. He didn't say, why did you do this? Or what's this about? He come to him and he said, let me go back. Kiss my mother and my father. Boy, I love that. I love, see, you got to be, <laughs> you got to be called certain things in order to really understand what just took place right here. When Elijah looked at him and said, What have I done to you? I love that. Elijah's basically going, I don't, go do whatever you feel like you need to do. All I know is God's made his choice. And I can see, I can see Elijah. God's already made his choice. Elisha, you have to make the decision now. 
What are you willing to do? And see, some of you want to, y'all want to use the kiss the mother and the father as an excuse not to enter in that which God has called you because it's unfamiliar territory. You've not been this way before. So the first thing you want to do is throw up an excuse. Oh, maybe next Thursday. Well, I don't have but a GED. Oh, I don't carry anything from any seminaries. Not that education's bad, because I know some of you still in school. Go get your education. It's, it's fine, okay? It's okay. I'm not, I'm not poking fun. I'm just it's not for me. That's all I'm telling you. That's just not for me. But we'll make the excuses. Well, I'm not done with school yet. God's called you to something, but I can't right now. I'm pregnant, or I've got three children, or I, I've got this, or I can't do that. I've got to go do this. I got, and that's what, that's what we bring to God when God's made the assignment. And we make an excuse. Huh. Keel, this is another excuse that we make. But I'm only 13, I'm only 15, I'm only 12. I've got my whole, I got my whole life, I've got plenty of time. You know why I can say that? Because I've sat where you've sat. And I used to think about it. Man, I'm young. I don't need to serve God now. Let me, let me go. Let me experience the things of this world. I mean, I, I ain't even got a wife yet. Man, I, I want a wife. I, but there was some time I said, man, I ain't even had sex yet. Listen, I'm, I'm just telling, listen, I'm telling you what I've, what I've thought sitting in the pews and scared to death about even having sex because I knew Jesus could see in the dark. And I knew how my mom would feel about it. <laughs> but I got my whole life ahead of me. Let me go and kiss my mother and father goodbye. Do what you got to do, Elisha. What have I done to you? Do whatever it is that you need to do. And see, after he was prompted, and after, after Elijah just come out the corner, man, I, I just, I didn't picture it on his face. Because this dude wasn't no sissy. This dude was a man's man, right? Go do what you want to do, but I got a place to go. I'm not sitting here babysitting you. I'm not, Billy, I'm not going to wait on you to get your life together. I'm 52 years old. I'm too tired. I'm not going to chase people and beg them to fulfill the purpose of God in their life that I can see and that others have recognized, and yet you're too fearful. You, you want to, oh, let me kiss mom and dad. Let, oh, oh, I don't have time for that anymore. I've got to pass you by. I've got to drop a mantle, and I've got to keep going. You do whatever it is you decide that you need to do. Because it's between you and God. It's not between me and you. What have I done? What can I do? 
And the Bible says that Elisha turned away from him and went to his dad and kissed him. Oh, no. Elijah turned, oh, oh, Elijah turned back from him and went and kissed his mama. No, Elijah turned away from him, turned back from him, and went back to the very thing that had kept him bondage, the very thing that had his attention, the very thing that had his structured life before him. Every day, every morning, he woke up and done the same thing. Every day, day in, day out, it was a mundane life. And there was a time that somebody passed by and dropped an awakening up on his shoulder, and it caused something inside of him to click. And he said, wait a minute, I don't need to kiss my mom and dad but what I do need to do I need to go back to that which was keeping me in the confounds and the things that were keeping me held in bondage all of my fears all of my anxieties all of my desires I went back to that and the Bible says that he took the oxen and he boiled them he boiled them and he what he, he burnt the plow he used <laughs> He used his daddy's plow. <laughs> used his daddy's plow to break it up and to cut it up and to start a fire. And the Bible said that he boiled the oxen. Some of you need to find that thing in your life and boil it. He didn't turn and go back to mommy and daddy and to the world. He didn't go back to his friends and trying to make sure that his friends, hey, are you going to be okay with me? I'm probably going to have to leave for a couple hours and I'll be back there. Hey, you know, I'll send you a carrier pigeon. We'll keep up. I'll, I'll text you. I'll Facebook you. I'll Instagram you. I'll whatever other stuff y'all have. I'll, I'll keep in touch that way. Got to make sure, because if you're not okay with it, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't go. Oh, you don't understand why I'm going? Well, maybe I shouldn't do it if you don't understand it. Oh, it doesn't seem right. Maybe I shouldn't do it if it don't seem right to you. Disregard the fact that God chose you. He's not going to choose your friends all the time, Hannah. He just won't. It's one thing I'm learning about God. He'll, he'll take the things that what you consider important to you, and he'll see how important he is. Don't want it? Did it bother you? <laughs> this morning ain't the morning. I'll call you out. Sometimes it gets heavy. It's cumbersome. Gets in your way. Just doesn't seem to fit right. Right? Just don't seem to fit right.
doesn't match what you're wearing. Oh, do y'all hear the truth in this at all? Do you really expect the call of God to go along with everything you are? Can I tell you this? That if it don't hurt a little, if there's not a sacrifice involved, can I tell you it may not be his will, might just be yours. I just want to dance right now like David danced, but I'll keep my clothes on. Are y'all with me? I love it when I don't know where I'm going and we go. God's called a church. And it's not going to become, well, I went to, <laughs> I'm going to pick on small people. <laughs> no. Well, I went Tuesday. <laughs> I went Tuesday. I went Wednesday. Watch David. Watch David. I went Wednesday. I went, had doctor's appointment on Thursday, men's ministry Thursday night, and now he wants to play the passion on Friday. And Saturday, I got stuff to do. And Sunday going back. Come on. Are you with me? Church, understand, it's not always comfortable. What you want? You want it too, huh? That's all right. You can take it, but you can take it differently. Oh, come on. Walk with me for a minute. Everybody ain't going to get the same manner. Check this out, Billy. Y'all just hang on, okay? That feels just a little different, don't it? You don't want to be wearing somebody else's. Y'all got mad at me, didn't you? I got. Now I was talking to the sound guy because they. They hate it. I hate that. <laughs> not everybody will get the same mantle. It will not be dropped in the same manner. I heard you, Satan. Go back to hell where you belong. Let me tell you something. Don't be sitting in your seat this morning and go, well, he didn't drop something on me, so I guess that means... Don't you envy what others have, but rejoice. And I'm not saying that I'm dropping mantles, okay? I'm just doing, I'm, these are props. This ain't a prop. <laughs> I know this ain't a prop. rest of them can be a prop. I know for a fact this ain't a prop. You take yours however you want to take it. 
Because you've got to prepare. You have to prepare for yourself. Elisha had an opportunity to go back to mom and dad. Don't you know God's not going to force you into anything? See, we have to make decisions. This is part of growing up. See, when we're... Paul says it like this in the Bible. He says, when I was a child, I thought as a child. But as I grew, I put away childish things. We're going to make decisions and both... you. All three, all three of you, because you're still a kid to me. You're so young, it drives me absolutely insane. You don't, you bounce right out of bed. I'm creaking and popping and cracking, and ugh. I ain't worried about the dogs waking her up or the alarm waking her up. Now I'm worried about me waking her. You okay? No. <laughs> okay. All right, it's working now. But you're going to make decisions right now in your childhood or in your, in your, in your youth. Is that better? Does that make it, that make it feel better? <laughs> she get mad at me, boy. She go, Daddy, I ain't going back no more. I'm almost 21 years old. He's still calling me a kid. But you're going to make decisions today that in three years from now, you're going to go, that was stupid. Why would I do that? Some of you made decisions to say I do and you're scratching your head. (laughs) Elisha had an opportunity. So do you. told you some of you this morning we're going to receive something in preparation you've been walking a certain way I want to come to one seat right now but I know as soon as I do you've been walking a certain way for a long time Something has happened. The walk's different. You don't do it the same way today. Some of you, some of you found yourself in peculiar situations that you're having to tend to things that you haven't had to tend to before. The walk is that Elijah passed by. I'm dripping down my back. What we fail to understand is that when we're given the call of God on our life, that we think it's an immediate turnout. 
we think we think the lights get bright and hot and people just run to us and we start doing I, I tell them like this in construction all the time the guys that I hire all you got to do is point and click I, I'm not asking you to do the dirty work you just point and click it's just like using a mouse point the cursor pick up that wood click move that wood here click and they do it. I said it's the craziest thing. It's a point and click. But we think that's how it happens. And it couldn't be further from the truth. Can I continue reading? Look what happened. So Elijah turned back to him and he took the yoke of oxen and he slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment. Mixed. And, there it goes, give it to the people and they ate. Then he arose, followed Elijah. Oh, I know, you was expecting to see. And became the prophet. He was the head overseer of the overseers. Man, he wearing white suits to church. You wear a white suit up in here, I'm like, well, it's hard to tell what I might do to that suit. Right? We, we, we think that's what takes place. We think that's what transpires in our life, that as soon as God throws the mantle on us, then bless the Lord. I am now holy. I don't have to face anything. Everything's gone away. My life is just grand. The Bible said that he became his servant. I like the other word in the Hebrew. His minister. Because it keeps reminding me that I'm a servant. That's all I am. I am nothing beyond being a servant. I got some perks. I get water, but y'all get water too. Some of y'all drink coffee, iced tea, lemonades, wear your sandals, kick your feet up in the chair, lay back in a nice cool AC, and I sweat. <laughs> he became his certain historians and theologians, they put it together like this, that he would carry and minister his bedpan. <laughs> 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 then he would wash his hands. Because see, remember he was he was referenced to King Jehoshaphat at that time that was the king of Israel when he asked, Is there a man of God here? And and they said, Oh, Elijah's here. He he washed Elijah's hands.
this dude was a prophet unto the nation that was walking in a double portion of Elijah's spirit, not his anointing. <laughs> See, y'all have been taught that way too long. You've been taught way too long. He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. He became his servant. It wasn't just for the moment. It was see, it's not like what you would what you would idealize. Is that a, is that a good word? English people don't have any good. Idealize in your mind that it would be like this. Come here, Elisha. Ah, Elijah, turn over to Elisha. And he walks away and he's there. It's not how it happened. Wherever Elijah went, Elisha was there. Whatever Elijah needed, Elisha did. We don't, we don't want anybody telling us anything. By the way, I am, I am uh, the men's minister. Right? Right? By the way, oh, but you, I'm the associate pastor. We don't like when we're instructed. We would rather be the instructor. Here's what comes along with being the instructor. You set yourself up and everybody else that you're instructing up for failure if you're wrong. You face devils that you shouldn't face. We can continue, right? Just walk right on. Let's just walk, let's just walk right on in this thing because it's good for me and you. Because what takes place is now we've stepped into this role. Now this has become my role. Not intentionally, not on purpose, not with ego, not with arrogance, not with um, determination. None of that. We, we didn't even know we just did what we done done. We just know we done did it. <laughs> I'm shaking. Because you step into something you weren't built for. You want to know why churches crumble and people break and fall away? It's because they've been set in a place. We've taken grace and we use it as an excuse now. As though we are uh, 
grace has gone from an empowerment to do that in which we're called to do. Y'all do know that uh, you understand that grace empowers you to do the work of the Lord. Okay, now there's different stages of grace, different types of grace. I ain't got time. Okay, there's a saving grace, there's an empowering grace. I just, I ain't got time. But we've taken grace, that which is to empower us to walk out the word of the Lord, and we've now moved it into an entitlement. You're supposed to have a key to the church now. After all, you are. I should have the freedom to do because after all, I am. Are y'all with me? Oh, I know this ain't the Sunday morning. This is a Wednesday nighter. But I like it. I feel good about it. Something happened in your life. Y'all thought I lost me, but I didn't. I lost you, but I didn't lose me. Something changed. It's different now. Don, you don't wake up at 5.30 now. You might wake up at 4.45. I mean, I don't know. You might not get to, (laughs) you just might not be able to do your coffee (laughs) and your puppy and your prayer. Some of us have coffee, puppy, and prayer. But there, something happened. There was a shift. You may, there was a U-turn. Anybody got reflux? Y'all know what reflux is? I asked reflux. what I almost experienced, I think. Well, it wasn't because I got acid reflux, because I don't. I have to. I won't apologize. There was a season with the coffee, the puppy, and the prayer that was preparation. Then the mantle dropped. Now there's a U-turn. Because I don't like ministering to a family. This is how I got to do it. You have to make a decision. You have to change. Because you've not gone this way before. Not. Not looking for the approval of man, but the unction of the Holy Spirit. Because it's God's glory that will lead 
This is, guys, listen to me. This is why it's vital, Amanda, when you're walking through deep waters to maintain focus on the glory of God and not that which disturbs you and distracts you. Not saying you won't get your feet wet because the priests got their feet wet. They had to step down off of the Jordan into the water, into the raging water, into the turbulent water, into something they weren't sure of. They hadn't been this way before. They wasn't really sure, but they still done it out of obedience. And when they took the stand, the Bible says that the water was pushed here and there. There's a season of wet feet. <laughs> but there's a season of dry ground. You're going to have to make a decision this morning what you do with it. You embrace it or you excuse it. And you have to do it. I can't. And I won't. All I know, all I know is God chose you. Do what you will. going to get harder I'm sorry you have to sit in here under this right now and this is why because now you're held accountable to the word You can't use me as a shield now. Well, pastor didn't tell me. Tommy, you got a couple worship songs? Don't be so reluctant. Give it up. Look, Dawn's whole, she said, Dennis, grab the bottom of it. <laughs> Some churches Use these for, in case of emergencies. Y'all do know that cloths and such, you got the heavy one. 
Did you recognize that? So you didn't know, did you? Uh, and hold this a minute. You got that? Give me back. Hold that one. I don't know. It's nothing but a symbol. You know, if you pray with a talit or you don't, it doesn't make you any holier. See, when I really need my quiet time and I realize, you asked what was wrong yesterday, I just ignored you. Because my spirit was agitated. I mean, I, my spirit was agitated yesterday. We've got to be willing to carry everything that comes with the call. Don, I wanted to run yesterday. I just wanted to run. Well, I'm too fat, too old. <laughs> y'all laugh at me all the time when I say something about me being fat. Some of you have added to the calls. With brownies and such. And cookies and <laughs> such. And peanut butter pies and <laughs> such. But this is what we're going to do. And hear me, okay? Because I, I can't, I can't single you out. Because I'm not, no, I can't make this any lighter. Every one of us has a call. If if there is not a call of one of the five giftings that was given to the church by God, we still have a call. It's called the Great Commission, and we all should be a witness for the Father in heaven. We all should be given glory to his name by speaking to others what he's done for us. Okay, so we all have that call. So don't use that as a cop-out. Th this morning, I think it's deep enough. This is why I didn't go live, and we won't even put this on Facebook. This will stay in the archives. Tommy, you can log it into a Wednesday. This is much deeper for a Wednesday than it is for a Sunday. But you need this. Each one of you sitting in here, you need this. Because you have been called. There is a mandate on your life. And when you come in here, you open yourself up to get called out, don't you, Tater? I just call you right on out, sitting in the dark or not. You've got like a halo over top of your head sitting back here right now. I don't know if that's God just plucking you out of a crowd or what's going on. I'll leave that there. You deal with that, not me. This is what I want you to do as we move into this. We're going to do praise and worship. I want us to move. I don't even know what songs you got, Tommy. Don't even know if they're fitting. But you know what? I don't, I don't, have, to, I don't have to teal an environment to get God ready. All I got to do is get two or three people that want to come and meet him. That's a, the rest of it, it don't matter to me. I mean, he can, he can play that angry Christian music. It doesn't matter. God's still here. So as we move into praise and worship, this is what I want you to do. 
And I may or may not, I don't know yet. I may or may not come pray with you. But some of you had a couple of these things on you. I don't know if we, we got any more. We got any more? And over here? See, you can tell Dawn's in the spirit. She said, over there. She was right. <laughs> Be careful what you say to Dawn. <laughs> Dawn might call you out of something. <laughs> That's not dirty. Dear God in heaven. I wish I could express what I feel. There's some calls on the altar. There's some mandates that's been dropped, passed right by you. Elisha, you make the decision. What excuse you got this morning? Still need to kiss mom and dad? Still need to go back to the world? You still, got, you still have plans, but my business isn't where I need it to be. Still got plans? Sean, we on a five-year plan? That's been kind of repetitious in their family. We're going to break that curse in the name of Jesus. Amen. This ministered to a couple of you. I can see it on you. Some of you, you ain't ready for it. Some of you running so hard from it that you'll run to everything else but him. I'm going to release you this morning. This ain't about me appointing you in a position. This is about a mandate from God for you. This is about a call for you. God didn't tell me to come out of the cave this morning and listen for his voice and go find Elisha. It's not what he told me to do. So I'm not telling, I'm not, I'm not coming to you. Make preparations for yourself. This, this is nothing but a, a prophetic step, if you will. This is this symbolizing to God that God, yeah, you know what? Yeah. No, I don't want to take somebody else's. God, I get it. I get it. May not be time, I might be in preparation. God, I may, I may have to continue plowing, and I trust you in it. But you know something is different. So I'm going to give you the opportunity. When we do praise and worship, Come do your thing. Pick one up, throw it on your shoulder if that's you. Why don't you make, instead of having me do it for you, why don't, why don't you make a decision with God?
God's looking for the willing. Don't worry about being able. He'll make you able. That's what great, don't you know that's what great, some of you have the ability and have the grace to go and sit in a restaurant and speak to someone and turn their life completely right side up and I would never be able to minister to them in 365 sermons and you can do it in an hour and a half. Stop looking for a light. Stop looking for the pat. Plow the field by yourself. It's a lonely lonely place too. It's lonely. I don't know what he was thinking. It was lonely in the field too, Debbie. And it's lonely here. The only difference is it's twice as hard. That's what. That's why he said, I want a double portion of your spirit. Because I'm going to need the encouragement in here to continue. Because it's going to be twice as hard on me. And it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't that God was putting twice as much on Elisha. It was twice as much for Elisha from where he came from. Come on, church. He was plowing the field. He wasn't ready for ministry. He wasn't ready to raise somebody from the dead. He was plowing the field. Life was just moving on. Thank God for divine discernment. For him to know that what he was about to accept was going to be twice as much for him. God, I feel him. Go ahead and start your praise and worship, Tommy. I, listen, don't. Normally, I'm the type that says, I, I ain't trying to embarrass you. And, I, and I'm not trying to embarrass you. I, that's not my intent. I was called to provoke. I was called to, to give word to you that would make you want to get up and do something different. So I'm not going to apologize for you having to walk your little way all the way to the altar to grab one of these little blue blankets. I'm going to appease the pastor. You ain't doing nothing for me. I'm like, Elijah, what have I done for you? All I've done was said, God called you. Do what you want to do with it. That's all I know. <laughs> 